0: Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. Voice of the Martyrs will be with us shortly to update us on all that is happening with our brothers and sisters around the world. Looking forward to that conversation with Todd Nettleton coming up in about 25 minutes. But before we get to that, kind of a crazy story coming out of London. A man is facing jail time after police said he stole close to 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. In an extravagant theft.
1: Uh, boo. Yeah, you like that? That's a lot of money.
0: That is uh, over $37,000 <laughs> worth of Cadbury cream eggs. Why?
1: I ask you. Oh, because they're so good.
0: They are good. Now, okay. is it worth taking a metal grinder to the lock To the gates of the and to steal the trailer. At Cadbury? Of of where these eggs were being stored. Not Cadbury itself, but I I don't know. I'm guessing it was a shipping transport company, whatever, who had been to Cadbury. Now they got to get them into the distribution chain. And this guy cuts the metal bars, cuts the locks, steals the trailer, 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. What do you do with those? I I don't know with, with that many. I mean, I could eat a bunch, but. Not, not all that. <laughs>
1: Maybe not 200,000.
0: Right. But now he has to face the consequences of sure. his actions. Yep. Right? And that is one of the things. God has given us freedom to choose certain behaviors and things that we want to do. He's allowed us to obey or mm-hmm. disobey, should we so choose. But then we have to deal with the consequences of said actions.
1: Yeah. Consequences are so not fun. Some uh, You hope that... Knowing that consequences could come from your disobedience, that you won't go down that road. And sometimes just that thought could keep you on the proverbial straight and narrow, right? Yep. Following what God wants you to do, because some things are so clear. Other times we're just like, well, let's, I remember when, when the middle, the middle, the only son was little, he had this mindset, hmm, I know what the consequences are going to be. I really want to, I'm talking three years old. I really want to do this thing. So I'm just going to let the chips fall where they may. And he would go and disobey. And then he would come and say, mommy, I did this. He would confess. And I'll just go put myself in timeout. Now, timeout's not the only thing that we used as a deterrent, but I'd be like, no, you don't get to pick. Uh, Right. (laughs) You don't get to pick. But what happens when we disobey and there's consequences and, we give credit to the Lord or we don't. It's, it's this tension. Mm-hmm. So I had this conversation with another one of my kids yesterday. And she was talking about a conversation that she'd been part of where someone said, we'll say Barbara. Barbara was giving a testimony that she had been nudged by the Lord to not send a text. And Barbara decided, I'm going to send this text anyway. The next morning, she woke up and she was violently ill. And Barbara said that the Lord was punishing her for her disobedience. Hmm. I, that's exactly hmm. what I said.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: hmm. Now, I'm in the Old Testament right now in my Bible study. Yeah. And listening to all the different things that happened as a consequence of sin and uh, things that Israel endured, things at their own hand, which would be sure. the disobedience. And I'm trying to work this out. I here's what I do know. I do not fully comprehend the mind of God. Right. I can walk in confidence, knowing that the way I reason things out and the way He does things, they don't often meet. But I trust Him. I know that He has our good in mind. I know that He wants us to continue to be faithful to Him. He is faithful. Mm-hmm. And I hear things like that, and I'm like, well. I mean, it's plausible. Right. It is possible. Is it true? I don't know.
0: It, and that is, I think, one of the mysteries of God is there are certain things we do not know and mm-hmm. cannot know. I think it's Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine that says there are certain mysteries that God has not revealed to us, certain things that we're never going to understand. I mean, how can a finite mind comprehend an infinite God? I don't think we ever can. But what he has revealed to us, let's live and lighten the truth of those things. Mm-hmm. Right, so it, you're right. I, I don't know that we can know. Like one of the ways that God does discipline his children and he, is he allows the not natural consequences of their actions. For sure. But sometimes, like you said, we see God choosing to intervene in kind of a unique and special way. Mm-hmm. And why he does at some circumstances and in some ways and not others, like you said, I, I don't. Get that either. I can't wrap my mind around it. You've been reading through the Old Testament. I've been part of a Bible study where we're looking at Old Testament kings and prophets and things like that, and the judgment of God, and how God would try and restore the, you send prophets to give messages of mm-hmm. repentance so he could restore and do all these things. And it, it seems at times as if God is punishing minor sin, inadvertent even. Somebody got tricked into sin, yep. and there is severe consequence for that. And other times, you look at the horrific atrocities and sins that God doesn't seem to deal with at that time. It doesn't go unescaped, unnoticed. There is judgment that's coming. You know that. But sometimes you're just like, I, I don't get this. I don't understand the mind of God.
1: True. And If you would look at the circumstances for what they are, it would be easy to say, well, then I don't get it. And I think that's a very fair assumption or a very fair assessment. We don't get it, but here's what you can trust. Your sin and my sin is as heinous as every sin ever committed. When you look at what Scripture does when it defines how when we think a thought we are sinning against god we are sinning against another human like malicious talk is like murder uh, right here's what you can identify as truth and that is christ gave his life for you and he gave his life for me so that that sin does not have to identify you before a holy god hmm. your sin and my sin does not have to be what god sees He can see the righteousness of Christ. He can see the forgiveness that Christ has given you. He can see the payment for the penalty of your sin. So if he gave you that opportunity, is that fair?
0: (laughs) That is a fantastic question. Let's continue the conversation about that coming up in just a few moments. Hope you'll stay with us. If you want to join the conversation, 800 555 7898. 800 555 7898. Call or text. Don and Steve in the Morning on Moody Radio. Miss part of the show? Remember to connect with us on Facebook at Dawn and Steve in the Morning. And we do hope that you will do that and even join the conversation this morning at 800-555-7898, talking a little bit about consequences for actions. Mm -hmm. You know, we read news stories all the time of someone's committed a crime, and then they end up having to deal with the the law. And, you know, God is a good and righteous and just God as well. And when we sin, there are consequences to actions. And you had just thrown out an interesting question. Before we had to uh, go to a break there. Yeah. Talking about Jesus going to the cross. And, and what I think you wrote even wrote it down. Uh, do I have this right? You asked, is that fair mm-hmm. that he would go to the cross? For you. Yeah.
1: For How crazy, me. Right. hmm
0: So I think, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no.
1: Well, that's the good Sunday school answer. But what about when you're looking at somebody else and somebody else's life, they've done really bad things. horrific, heinous things. And you have to grapple with why there's not immediate justice. You have to grapple with how this all works in the scheme of life. And you think, well, one, Lord, why didn't you just flick that person off the face of the earth? Or why did you go to the cross for that sin? And then I tend to forget that my sin is as heinous. Because he's holy. And my sin at its best is filthy rags, as Isaiah talks about that. Like we are unclean. And unclean in front of holy God is is horrendous. Yeah. So then I have to kind of come back to, well, Lord, if if my sin is heinous, if it's despicable to you as a holy God, was it fair that you went to the cross for me? I mean, I can say it wasn't fair that you died for that person over there right? because their sin is nasty. But my sin, it's a little cleaner. That's not true. That's a a lie that I think we get trapped in when we look at one another. You have to look at the cross and realize that he endured scorn, shame, unjustly accused, all the things that we bristle. When that happens in our lives, man, don't falsely accuse me of something. Yeah. That happened to my Savior.
0: Yeah. And it happened because he was paying for my sin. That's right. And your sin. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That heinous sin that that other person did, but yours and mine too. Yeah. And that is one of those things where I look at that and I say, that is the demonstration of God's love for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we read scripture. It talks about Christ. You know, how do we know that uh, he loves us? Because Christ died for us. You know, he was able to do something that nobody else could do. I could choose to say that I'm going to give my life to prove my love for someone. But in doing that, what did I ultimately accomplish? You know, if before Susie and I got married and I said, I love you so much, I'm going to jump off this really big, tall building to show you that I love you. That did nothing. Nope. It didn't, it didn't do anything because I'm a flawed human being, whatever. But Jesus went to the cross and gave up his life because what he was doing there was not just saying, hey, I love you, which he was. Mm -hmm. He was paying the penalty for our sin, your sin, my sin, the sin of all who would come to repentance and faith in him. Now, that then begs the question, have you come to Jesus with your sin? Mm -hmm. Asked him to forgive your sin, recognizing that it is your sin that has separated you from God But you've recognized and realized the fact that Jesus has gone to the cross, paid the penalty for that sin, and now you're ready and willing to say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. I want to experience your forgiveness, turn from that, and begin to walk with you.
1: Here is the most beautiful thing. That comes with the fact that he did pay that penalty for your sin, the sin that separates you. And that is something that's really hard to comprehend. He's offering this freely and it's a gift. Yeah. You can't pay for it. You can't buy it. You can't do enough good for it. He, if you, if you need a visual, like I do so often, it is Jesus Christ, the savior of the world, the one who has given that, that payment for your sin handing you the most beautiful package you could ever imagine. If you're into the accoutrements and all the things that are beautiful and aesthetically pleasing, picture that. That is the free gift of salvation. Ephesians, the book of Ephesians talks about this in Ephesians 2, that he is giving you this gift of salvation. And the reason is to kind of take out what we've been talking about, this boasting that we would come up with because mm-hmm. that's how we're wired in our human flesh. We would start boasting, well, I did this and that's why Jesus saved me. No, it's a free gift and he gives that to you so that you cannot boast. You can only look at the Lord Jesus for salvation. So the key word is no. Should you want a video that tells you a little bit more about the bridge that Christ is for us, K N O W, text 800 7898, and we'll send you that link.
0: Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning on Moody Radio. On YouTube today, Stephen Arterburn talks about what to do with anger. We're just three subscribers away from 100. Help us get there by clicking the bell and subscribe at youtube.com forward slash at Dawn and Steve to be reminded each time a new video drops, including our guest today
1: which would be none other than todd nettleton todd is the voice of the voice of the martyrs radio he's the host the podcast he's also the author of when faith is forbidden 40 days on the front lines and with persecuted christians and we want to talk about just that this morning as we head to the border of turkey and syria todd how are you seeing christ followers respond to this horrific situation and the earthquake
2: Well, horrific is the right word. If you've seen some of the pictures of of just the absolute destruction of of so many buildings in Turkey, we heard even, even last week in the hours after the earthquake from Christians not in the affected areas who were getting into vans and immediately going. Uh, and just going to say, hey, we, we want to help. We'll help dig through rubble. We'll help pull out bodies. We'll help pull out survivors. Whatever you need us to do, we want to do that in the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, the important thing about that is uh, Turkey has, the, the, the people of Turkey, less than 1% are Christians. So even in the minds of most Turkish people, being Turkish and being Muslim are almost one and the same. It's like, you know, you're Turkish. Of course, you're Muslim. So for them to show up in the name of Jesus and say, hey, we're Turkish, we're believers in Christ, and we're here to help, is a huge example. And hopefully, and then one of the things they're asking us to pray for is an open door to share the gospel, to say, hey, Jesus loves Turkish people. You can be Turkish and be a follower of Jesus. Look at us. We're here. We're following him
0: love the fact that uh, they are being salt, being light, being the hands and feet, and uh, putting action to their faith. I uh, understand you uh, also learned of a pastor and his wife who passed away, uh, leaving a young son.
2: Yeah, this is a, a sad story because, again, uh, less than 1% of the people are Christians in Turkey. So when you hear about a pastor and his wife dying in the earthquake, amazingly, their their young son, same apartment, Uh, Mom and dad are killed. The son survives. You know, one of those weird things. Uh, Here's the interesting thing. So the earthquake happened on a Monday morning. The day before was Sunday in the worship service. This pastor had preached about the hope of the resurrection that we have uh so his literally his last sermon was about hey as Christians we have this hope that death is not the end we're going to resurrect we're going to go and be with Christ and literally less than 24 hours later he went and was with Christ mm-hmm. is with Christ today um that has been an encouragement to brothers and sisters in Turkey as they think about wow you know did did he know something to ha- how how is it that his yeah. last sermon the day before was About the hope of the resurrection, and and now he's experienced that hope. Mm.
1: That's just shouting ground right there. It is whoo. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know what's difficult though? We're coming up on the sixth anniversary, right? Of a pastor in Malaysia who was kidnapped. He's been abducted, and his wife is now suing the Malaysian government uh when we come back let's find out about that because i'm looking at the clock and finding we're got a song that we're going to share but todd as we find out more about how we can continue to pray i want you to update us on pastor raymond in malaysia moody radio
0: putting a different spin on things it's steve and dawn in the morning and Todd Nettleson is joining us. He is host of Voice of the Martyrs Radio, author of "When Faith Is Forbidden: Forty Days on the Front Lines with Persecuted Christians," talking about places around the world where we're seeing persecution happen. And Todd, in Southeast Asia, uh, apparently there were three brothers who were sent to prison for trying to do the "quote unquote" right thing.
2: Yeah, this is this is an interesting story. One one of the things that that you hear from communist governments in places like China and other countries in Southeast Asia is, well, you know, we're not against Christians. We're against lawbreakers. If the Christians would just follow the law, if they would register their churches, they wouldn't have any trouble. They wouldn't, you know, like I say, we're against lawbreaking, not against Christians, not against religion. Well, these three men became followers of Christ in their village in Southeast Asia. They had a relative who was a Christian, shared the gospel with them. They came to faith, They went back to their village, and they started to share. Pretty soon there were some other believers in the village, and so they decided, hey, you know, there's a group of believers here. We need to have a church. Well, the law says if you want to have a church, you should register it, so they started that process. Hey, we're going to register the church. That is when the trouble started for them. When they were trying to follow the law, they have now been sentenced to 18 months in prison for trying to register a church. And it seems like in this particular village, uh, the village leaders were very proud of the fact that they had zero Christians. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so when these guys stepped forward and said, hey, not only do you have Christians in the village, but we want to register a church, That seems to have really sort of set them off. And like I say, when when we first heard about this, these three guys had just disappeared, and, and nobody was sure where they were. So we're thankful they're still alive, but now we know they've been sentenced to 18 months in prison. And as you said, for trying to follow the law, trying to do what the government says Christians are supposed to do. Hmm.
1: My goodness. I, and I appreciate so much how you continually remind us these are brothers and sisters in Christ all across the globe that are impacted by these things that we don't quite understand, but we certainly can take their situations to the throne room and intercede. And we want to do that for a, a Chinese Christian that's been imprisoned for his faith. He finally received a visit from his lawyer. How'd that go?
2: Yeah, this is uh, this is good news that he got to visit with his lawyer, but he's been in prison for more than a year now. So, you know, he's already been in prison for a year. They now say, oh, yeah, we're going to have a trial. We're So, you know, a year later, now we're finally going to have a trial. The interesting thing that this is not a pa- this is a retired pastor. So he was working at the church simply in a volunteer capacity, just as a member of the church, serving and helping. He was arrested, and the charge is fraud. And again, you know, China says we don't persecute Christians, so they wouldn't make it a religious charge. But what they often say to pastors and churches is, wait a minute, you're taking an offering. What, what are you doing with that money? That That's fraud. You're committing fraud against your people every time you gather an offering. I had a conversation on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with a Chinese pastor, and one of the things he talked about is, as a church— the challenges of handling money because mm. your church does not legally exist. You can't go get a bank account because you you don't legally have any existence. And so he talked about what do we do? How do we do this? They divide it up among elders in their church. And then, but what happens when the government starts asking the elders, hey, you just deposited five thousand dollars in your account. What where did that come from? What's going on? So even those simple things that we totally take for granted can bring about persecution for our brothers and sisters in China. This brother is now facing a trial, and we don't know what's going to happen.
0: Wow. Things that we just don't even think about here. Yeah, that wouldn't even be on our radar screen. Good to know. We've got about a minute left and uh, touch briefly on another thing that we can be thankful for happening in Iran.
2: Yeah, another brother of ours in Iran has been released from prison. Uh, the, the government there issued an amnesty for literally thousands of prisoners. It was the anniversary of the Islamic Revolution. Thankfully, this Christian was released. There had been hope that some other Christians who are in prison might also be included in this amnesty, but so far we haven't heard that. But we are thankful one was, uh, and we pray for him as he's reunited with his family and kind of restarts his life in Iran.
1: Oh, goodness, how we can continue to keep these folks on our prayer watch and our prayer list. You can do that. You can go to persecution.com as you take notes. You could always go back and catch this conversation a little bit later through the Moody Radio app. Todd Nettleton, Voice of the Martyrs, we're so thankful, friend, that you keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on so that we can intercede for those that are naming the name of Jesus and serving him well in countries that are not friendly at all to being a Christ follower, persecution.com or head to our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the morning music now from Justin Warren. Oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's persecution.com. That's the website, Facebook, Don and Steve in the morning, Moody radio.